Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Do you need heavy equipment or farm equipment? Look no further than Southern Equipment and Parts in Laurel. We have a wide selection of new and used equipment from many top brands. We also offer parts, service, and rentals. Whether you're a contractor, farmer, or just need help around the house, we have what you need. Southern Equipment is your one-stop shop for all farm and heavy equipment. Visit us at 5237 Highway 84 West and southernequipparts.com or call 601-651-4555. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're tuned in on our Super Talk stations this afternoon or online, wherever you're at. We're glad you're with us. Broadcasting today from the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Oak Grove. Bob, by myself today, uh, but we'll handle it. Got great guests and plenty to talk about. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue. Great supporter of ours, great supporter of Southern Miss, great place to take your family for a wonderful meal tonight. Uh, never get a bad meal at the Dickie's Barbecue, and they can cater any event you've got, large or small. All right, Jason Baker is the play-by-play voice of the Southern Miss Lady Eagle basketball team, now in his 12th season, and I'm happy to have Jason on the show with us today. We're going to spend a little time talking about Southern Miss women's basketball. Jason, you guys are where in Buffalo, New York, if I got that right? That is correct. We are in Buffalo, New York, a part of the MAC SBC Challenge. Of course, we hosted a MAC school, Akron, in November. Uh, and then uh, we paired up with Buffalo. And so here we are. You, you take a road trip to Statesboro and, and then take a flight up to Buffalo. And uh, we'll play one of the better teams in the MAC uh, tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I saw where uh, you chartered. You got to fly on a charter plane up there. Is that not right? We did, yeah. Those have been few and far between for us in women's basketball world. But I tell you, Bob, every time you take one, it's it's a reminder of a game changer that it is. Um, right. You know, so quick and fast. I mean, we literally woke up yesterday morning about 8.30, got everybody loaded up, drove about 40 minutes to the airport, and by 1 o'clock Eastern time, we were we were in Buffalo, New York. It was pretty crazy. No, no security checks, no long lines, no walking through an airport. Uh, pretty sweet. <laughs> That's pretty good, isn't it? All right, so uh, Buffalo on Saturday. The Lady Eagles, though, Jason, have won four straight games, Georgia Southern, Troy, Louisiana, South Alabama. I think I got those in reverse order, but nevertheless, four okay. straight games. Yeah. What the, at 13-9 and nine on the year, what's, what's been the secret the last four games that, that help them play so well? You, you know, Bob, I just think it's been more of a, just a balanced attack. I think it's, this team has kind of figured out, like, hey, the – these are the people we got to get going alongside of Adam Davis and Amalia Grayson. I take, you know, Lonnie Cornfield, for example, is to me the one that really makes the entire thing go. I, I get Dom Davis is our leading scorer, but when, when Lonnie's game is high and when Lonnie's game is good, these Lady Eagles are awfully good. And I think Lonnie Cornfield over the last two and a half, three weeks has been phenomenal if if you ask me she played 39 minutes thursday night with zero turnovers uh against a team that was pretty much pressing them for 
I would say, 75 to 80 percent of the game. And so to me, that's probably like if you had to pinpoint one thing, Bob, I would think that's probably it is that, you know, Lonnie's game is elevated and this team's play is elevated. Yeah, I was going to ask you about her in the next segment, but since you brought her up, let, let me let me make a comment and observation, and then you give me your thoughts about this particular kid. Most games, the smallest player on the floor gets knocked flat of her back, it seems like, and I'm going to exaggerate, but it seems like 10 or 12 times every game. She always pops up. And the word that, that I think of when, when I watch her play is just tough. She's tough, Jason. It's exactly how I would describe her. Um, she's really tough, Bob. Like, like even her demeanor away from the floor is tough. Like, she's just hard. No, she's a New Yorker, right? So uh-huh. she's making a return to her home state uh, today and tomorrow, of course, getting to play. But, yeah, she just kind of has a little um, a little grit about her. Um, she's an awesome kid. She's a wonderful conversation. But she's tough. Like, and that's, you know, that's exactly – how I would describe her too, and and I think you know this team knows that, and I think they they sort of follow that too. When she's playing well and tough and doing all of those things, that's what this team does. No question. Another tough kid on the team is is, is obviously Dominique. It's interesting, Jason. She told me a couple of weeks ago that she had never played basketball against girls until she entered middle school. That she grew up playing basketball against boys, and that when she First got around girls, she thought, hey, this is this is pretty easy. <laughs> you can see it too, right? Her game sort of translates to that way as well. She she's not afraid of contact. I would I would love to know this. There's you you could chart it if you wanted to. It's you know, there's a stat on these stat sheets now of fouls drawn. And I would think Dom is is one or two in our league in drawing fouls. I would think the other one would probably be Nunu Bradford from Louisiana Monroe, and I think that comes from Dom playing against boys, men. You know, they do it in practice all the time with their practice guys, and she just has this innate ability to initiate contact, get a bucket, and draw a foul. And, uh, I, you know, when Dom's career is over here, that'll be the lasting image for me is, you know, a Dom Davis drive and drawing contact and getting a bucket. Yeah, and she's played with a lot of injuries, hasn't she, Jason? She has, she has, and yeah, she's tough too, right? That's two right. tough cookies in that in right. that backcourt and in his battle. When she's healthy, you can really see it. Yeah, where will, in your view, where will Dominique Davis end up? Uh, you know, in the in the category of greatest women players at Southern Miss, surely she's got to be in the top ten, fifteen. Yeah, I would. I would almost rather ask you that question, Bob. You probably saw more of Kay's teams than. I've seen yeah. footage. Um, you know, she's climbing the ladder. Uh, you yeah. know, she'll enter into the top ten in scoring all time in Lady Eagle history probably this weekend. Uh, she's chasing down her coach, who I think sits eighth in scoring. But yeah, I mean, look, there were some really, really good ones back when I was much oh, younger. Yeah. Um, I mean, Case teams were just incredible. But certainly, Dom is is at least in the conversation amongst all of those greats, right? I mean. Right. Uh, with what she's done and, and how she's led this team and what this team has achieved. And, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's just been a great relationship. I'm so happy that uh, ultimately that LSU didn't work out for her and a coaching right. change there uh, was to Southern Miss Lady Eagles' benefit. And um, I, I think we'll forever be eternally grateful for it that, 
you know, Dom chose to come play your basketball at Southern Miss. Right. Well, another one now in the thousand point club, Dominic Davis has scored fourteen hundred and thirty two points as a Lady Eagle. Uh, is Malay Grayson with a thousand fifty one? She's a she just strikes me as being such a great kid, Jason. And uh, just you know, she when you look at her, you might think she's really mean and tough, but she's just so soft spoken, and you know, she's such a polite kid. But boy, she's really come on this year, hasn't she? She has, Bob, and you know, if if I hadn't have probably said the pinpoint to Lonnie being the difference over the last three to four weeks, Malia would be the other one to that, in my opinion, because there's been a different vibe with her. I mean, I've even seen it in the sense of when she makes a catch, right? It's just one bounce hard off the floor into somebody's chest and getting a bucket. And um, when Malia Grayson plays to her level, I don't know that there's many post players uh, in the Sunbelt Conference better than her. Matter of fact, I, I can think of one off the top of my head that I would put to the same level, Malia, that's uh, Ksenia Kozlova, which is the post player from James Madison. And uh, outside of that, there's not another one that I would think would be remotely to the level, skill level of Malia Grayson. And uh, look, she, she's got a chance to, to really write some records um, with where she sits right now, still with another year of eligibility left. Uh, for the Lady Eagles as well. Uh, yeah, that's right. Well, she's averaging 13.6 a, a game and uh, leading the team with 166 rebounds uh, this year. So, obviously, she is a uh, she's obviously a, just a massive part of the team. So, Jason, what what is the best what is the best Sun Belt team you've seen play this year? Uh, Marshall. Yeah, and it's not even close in my opinion. Um, they're doing things different. Um, they're not just your standard basketball roster. Um, a coaching change and a, a philosophy change, if you will, Bob. And I think they've kind of taken this league and sort of everybody is now having to assess how are they going to beat them? What are you going to try to do? Do you want to try to play up and down the court with them? Do you want to try to slow them down? James Madison uh, last Saturday was successful in beating them. I listened to a podcast this week. Their coach ran two threes on for 100% of the game. They didn't play one man-to-man possession of defense against Marshall. That's a unique take because of how many threes they take. My my little basketball knowledge would say that two threes on would be susceptible to threes, but what I understand is I think they sort of extended it out and made the zone really wide um, to be able to get out there and guard them on the three-point line. So I think it's Marshall – and then I don't know that there's a nickel's worth of difference from 2 to 14. I think every one of those teams are all right there. Anybody could beat anybody in any given day. And truth be told, now I think we're seeing that in this league because I think the standings sort of reflect you know, the depth and in, in that sort of mumble-jumble of, of talent of teams you know, outside of Marshall, who's you know, right now with a two-game lead sitting in first. All right, Jason, can you stick around a little while longer? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Jason Baker's with us live from uh, Buffalo, New York, play-by-play voice of the Lady Eagle basketball team. Going to talk to Jason more about basketball. May may even get a little baseball conversation in with Jason. We continue. Stay with us. Super Talk Eagle Hour on the air.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, you know, the official auto dealer of the Super Talk Eagle Hour is Genesis of Hattiesburg. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest vehicles on the road today and coming soon. The all-new Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. Don't forget about the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast, and we know a lot of you. That's where you find us. You can get us anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Still to come, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. We're going to give you some fascinating statistics about the Super Bowl and why guys like me never get to go. You'll understand after you hear that. But right now, I want to continue my conversation with the voice of the Lady Eagle basketball team, Jason Baker. They're up in uh, Buffalo, New York, and uh, getting ready to take on Western Michigan uh, I guess probably don't know much about Western Michigan, do they, Jason? Yeah, no, we're playing. Uh, we're playing Buffalo. My, my bad, are, my right? bad. The that's men are playing Western Michigan. Yes, so, that's, that's right. right. That's Correct. Right. 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 Yeah. No, uh, we don't. Other than um, you know, they've got a player, thirty-five Watson. Uh, is her name? She's the third leading scorer in the country. I think that's correct. Uh, she's top five in the country in scoring. Um, you know, and so a unique team. I, I remember when building my chart for them. Uh, they big bodied kind of what you would think of a team from around the Midwestern area. You know, this, this type of region of the country, you would think you would find, you know, some bigger body girls. And so it'll be, it'll be cool. You know, the Sunbelt had a lot of success in November against the Mac. I think we went nine and three against them back in November as a league. Uh, so I'm very curious on this second go round, maybe how that league has maybe altered what they're going to do against Sunbelt teams to, to maybe combat where we had an advantage, a Buffalo far greater opponent than what we played in November. That that should be noted. Like, uh, you know, Akron's more towards the bottom of the MAC, and, and mm-hmm. Buffalo top top four right now. Yeah, let me clarify that. This is part of the Sun Belt MAC challenge. The men will host Western Michigan here tomorrow at one o'clock, and Jason and the ladies are up in in Buffalo, New York. Just uh, just to clarify that. All right, Jason. Uh, obviously, there's there's been kind of a big gorilla in the room all year long with basketball and and that's been the uh the health of our mutual friend uh joy lee mcnellis but describe what you've seen and and describe uh how joy lee has impacted these kids in the way she has handled this adversity yeah um bob kind of got me a little emotional thinking about it really she she's tough um tenacious is how i would describe what she's done um, through this season, in no way, shape, or form, what I tell you, I think it's been easy for her. Um, I think she would tell you that. Um, it's been a lot tougher. You know, I was with her uh, the second time her cancer came back and, and was a part of that. And um, that was maybe a more unique situation. We were right smack dab in the middle of the season when that hit. And uh, we took a couple weeks before she ever let that out publicly. And um, I remember thinking then, like, just how's she going to navigate through it? And, I mean, she did, and that team rallied around her. You know, this team sort of got that news in the summer, and it is just um, – I don't want to call it a rallying cry because I don't know that I've ever heard a girl say anything about it, but make no bones about it. Like, they recognize the toughness in their coach that's, that's displayed every day is what they should embrace on the floor every single day, and I think they do, and, um, you know – it's been tough on Joy. I, I, it's, I make no bones about it. This has not been easy. I don't think this trip is, is an easy one for her. This is a long way, and, and travel really works on her. But, you know, there's, there's no quit in her, as you well know. And, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, it's probably what makes her as successful as she's been is uh, that ability to just push through everything and, uh, you know, inspire the people around her. And um, I totaled it up the other day. I, I think I've called 345 of her games now as the head coach of Lady Eagle basketball. And that's a lot of conversations she and I have had. And um, I've begun to really make sure I cherish each and every one, um, just knowing what she's battling. And, and I'm still so appreciative that, that she's capable and willing and able to talk and, and to be present for these games right now. Absolutely. Like uh, as well said, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I want to say this real quickly. I'm so impressed with her son. Uh, a young man that will give yeah. up, give up a job as a D one basketball coach, which I, I'm assuming Jace is not an easy job to get, but he gives that up, comes home to help his family, works part time at a sporting goods store, and volunteers on the on the team. How can you how can you put into words what love and respect that shows he has for his mother? Oh, no doubt. And, and like, for example, right, he's not with us on this trip because of work, because of these have been long road swings where we leave on Tuesday. We won't return home until essentially early Sunday morning. And so for Connor, he's, he's not able to make a trip like this. And I can't imagine how much it kills him to be away from this team. His passion's basketball. He obviously followed in his mother's footsteps and wants to be a Division One basketball coach and has been. Um, but yeah, you know, the motto, you know, family comes first, um, means something in the McNellis family. You, you can better believe that, especially with Connor's decision to do that. You know, the, the irony of it was, is Joy told him no when he first said it the first time. Um, back earlier this fall, she, she actually told him no way. Like, you're right where you need to be. You're at Arkansas State. Like, you've got the job that you've wanted. And, you know, essentially, she she didn't want him to do it, but I think Connor eventually felt like it was something that his family would need uh, her him to be along her side. And um, you know, I, I don't know if he went against his mother's wishes per se, but I think you know he finally just said, "No, I'm coming to do it." And I, I bet if you ask Joy now, Bob, I, I would tell you I think she's very very grateful that Connor chose to do that for them because. I think it's just been really cool. Like, it's been neat. Um, he's, he's slid to her next seat on the bench, and so there's been times where I've looked over there, and to see Connor sitting next to his mom has been special, you know, just right. just knowing what, what that family's going through. Right, there's just no question about that. All right, Jason, you talk about road swings. Now, you guys are going to play Saturday in Buffalo, and then you come home for a couple of games. But as I'm looking at the schedule, you correct me if I'm wrong, you're going to finish with four road games again, Monroe, Arkansas State, Texas State, Louisiana. Tough, tough stretch upcoming. Got to win every game you can. Yeah, you can. Um, you know, it, the, the unique part for it, and it doesn't take long to figure this out, we're – we're going to get to do it against teams well below us in the standings. And so, uh, to me, it's we have not given ourselves any room for error um, just because of the rough start to the start of our conference slate. But it can be done. We should be better um, than every team I think we play the rest of the way. And I don't think this team, you know, isn't unaware of that. But it's a matter of, you know, you got to take care of your business because of where you put yourself earlier in the year. Now, granted, we were playing the top – top half of this league and some really good teams. So your margin for error is small, but it can be done. Uh, I, I still think a top four seed in the standings is well within our grasp. Uh, we just 
we just don't have any room to, to hiccup, right? Yeah, not no, no room for error. That's right. Hey, Jason, a couple of minutes left. Just just your thoughts yeah. about this. This is a, this is a, this is just an odd year in the respect that we know what Coach McNellis has dealt with all year, and now, now we see Jay Ladner has uh, suffered a medical emergency that's probably going to keep him out for a while. Last report, let me say, we understand Coach is back home and and re- recovering and and resting, but. Man, Jason, put that in perspective. What are, what are the odds of that happening in one year? It's it's not 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 a lot, Bob. And you know the the thing about it, what it does for me is it does put it in perspective of of what these coaches put themselves through. Not saying anything of health, Jay's health condition or Joy's was the cause of this, but just understanding. I, I I don't know when Jay will return, but I'm I'm sure he's clamoring at the bit to get back on that bench as fast as possible you know, and back on the practice court with his team. Um, and so it just sort of puts it in great perspective of just how strong of people they are. I have certainly grasped that with joy. Um, I have really embraced watching her throughout this season and the way she's handled everything from the team to coaching to health to, you know, medical treatments. I, I think it was earlier in the year we were coming off a road trip and everybody else had an off day and she was having a PET scan. And I mean, it was yeah. just to, to have that in perspective and have her tell you that like, wow, like, you know, she wasn't taking an off day. And so that kind of stuff has allowed it to just sort of draw near, um, maybe make things a little more emotional. Um, when you're in a creature of a habit of a basketball season and just game in, game out, day in, day out, then to have something like this sort of hit, you know, your head coach, I think, allows you to really connect emotionally. I think this team has done that, which, you know, as as this team was riding high, winning against Ole Miss and beating Ole Miss back in December, and then to go through a seven-game losing streak, I think this team, you know, emotionally was wrecked because they wanted to win so bad for their coach. And so I right. think you'll you'll see that with the men, too, in my opinion. It'll, it'll become a... Um, a motivating factor, maybe not publicly spoken, and, and maybe they will speak about it, but uh, internally you, you'll see that. They'll embrace that, wow, we're missing our leader right now. Hey, Jason, great conversation, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show. My apologies that you haven't been on more, but I'll take care of that moving forward. Uh, oh, that's no worries, Bob. I appreciate you, my man. I'll see you out at uh, Pete Taylor Park. It, it's close. We can we can feel those vibes coming uh, for sure. I can't certain. wait, my friend. All right, Jason, safe travels, and uh, we'll be listening to you tomorrow. Awesome. Thanks, Bob. Jason Baker, everybody, play-by-play voice of the Southern Miss Lady Eagle basketball team. And don't forget about Town & Country Cleaners, Hattiesburg's most trusted cleaners, family-owned and operated since 1983. Great services like steam pressing, bulky bedding, minor alterations, and dry cleaning. They're right there on Hardy Street, right across from USM. You can call them at 601-264-4920. And hey to the guys at 4th Street Bar and Grill, right there in the shadow of the rock. Catch all the ball games right there at 4th Street, including the Super Bowl Sunday night. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, we'll get downtown for the Mardi Gras Parade on Hardy Street tomorrow. Be sure you stop by Campus Bookmark. Say hello to Miss Kathleen. She'll have all the Southern Miss apparel you've been looking for. If you got an Eagle on any kind of birthday list or whatever, make sure that uh, you go by. 
Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Well, former Golden Eagle Todd Pinkston uh, is the, believe it or not, the running backs coach for the Kansas City Chiefs. He'll be making his second appearance in the Super Bowl. He played in a Super Bowl game against the Philadelphia Eagles, caught a couple balls, actually, and uh, now he returns as one of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs coaches. Todd will be there. He didn't have to buy a ticket. I won't be there, and my guess is my friend Patrick uh, McGee won't be there either, Patrick, because as of today, the cheapest ticket remaining is eight thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, the Super Bowl just kind of feels inaccessible, you know, to a lot of people. And if you're not smart and try to get in early, you know, yeah. it's really tough. You just have to really kind of put in the effort to buy something that's affordable. Patrick, you cover sports for a living. Have you ever seen a football game you'd pay $8,000 to go see? No, I mean, I'll be honest. This, you know, I'm not somebody that goes to games now. I, I'm able to sit back and kind of look at things from the big picture point of view and kind of provide support as an editor. So, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not at games. And I don't miss it, to be honest. Right. So I, I'm probably the wrong person to ask. I was like, well, would you want to go? No, I, I, you know, I went to a two-lane game when I had a random Saturday off this season. It was nice, but I, I you know. The, the, the fuss, you know, everything goes into getting to, like, a big game where there are 70,000 people at it. I'd rather opt out. ESPN Plus kind of ruined me, Patrick. I can yeah. sit in my recliner yeah. and things aren't going well. I can flip it off, whatever. Let me give you a few. Let me give you just a few more little tidbits about the Super mm-hmm. Bowl for some of our, our richer Eagle Hour listeners. Uh, a four-seat suite, uh, that in, does include your food and alcohol. Uh, you could have mm-hmm. gotten for $180,000. Now, if you have a lot of friends, you can get a what they call an owner club suite. That's 20 seats, parking passes, food and drink for a slim $1.8 million, Patrick. Now, there is a bargain because you get parking passes. If right. you get hungry and you're like the average $8,000 fan, a slice of pizza is $14. A beer, a domestic beer is $14. An import beer is $16. A bottle of water is $7. And if you're a party animal, they have a nightclub inside Allegiant Stadium. It overlooks the north end zone. You can uh, you can buy booths that will sit you and 12 of your friends, a total of 12 people. And depending on whether you're in the very back of the nightclub or the front of the nightclub, the booths range from $25,000 for the back of the club to $60,000 for a front row seat from the nightclub. An end zone ticket, Patrick, for... Twenty thousand or sixty thousand dollars. So the the day of the average Kansas City Chief guy that that works in a local factory saves his money, buys two season tickets for him and his wife. Chances are there are not many of them at the Super Bowl. No, it's it's just not workable. It's you know the Super Bowl is like I said, it just feels inaccessible. I mean, there's they're, they're trying to drain every dime they can you know get out of this, and that's you know whether it's the folks there in Las Vegas or the NFL, uh, you know. It they are trying to it, it's capitalism you know at its best or I mean this is that's insane I mean I I don't know why anybody would spend any amount of that you know any kind of that money no. unless you're an owner where you just have money to burn and you can just get a clubhouse while well, no. your buds or whatever that's you know whatever but I mean the average fan no there's just no way here's a real tidbit about owners uh, my son's an air traffic controller in Jacksonville. Uh, the mm-hmm. Colts played the Jaguars recently, and he told me that night that the owner, Robert Ursay, flew in on his private jet. And about 45 minutes later, his wife landed on her private jet. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but 
Did they have a rough uh, Saturday before that game or something? Like, no, we're go- we're taking separate jets. This is that week. not I can't crazy? Your I mean, is that not yeah. crazy? That's crazy, right? All yeah, right. well, if, if my husband was Jim Irsay, I'd probably want my own jet to get away from him. You're golf. the second person that has said that to me. I probably <laughs> would have taken my own jet, my own jet as well. You know, this occurred to me last night, Patrick. It, Maybe a little hypocrisy in the NFL. You know, they come down on players that even have a hint of gambling, right? But yet you take the Super Bowl to the gambling capital of the world. Yeah. Your thoughts about yeah. that? Yeah, well, I mean, it, that was always kind of a hindrance for Las Vegas to get, you know, franchises in the past in all the sports. Uh, but now all of the leagues are somehow seem to have some type of partnership with uh, sports books. And it's, you know, so that they've crossed that bridge. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's just, it is what it is. There's just, there's only so many really relevant markets for NFL teams. I mean, they're generally going to succeed no matter where you put them. Uh, but Las Vegas was one that made a lot of sense, uh, to go to just because it's a great tourist destination. You're going to be able to not only take advantage of the locals, but really get in 30, 40% of your attendance just through people coming into town. Mm-hmm. And visiting, it's kind of like you know. One of the reasons the Saints are in the NFL is because it's a good tourist destination, you yeah. know. And there've so been a lot of Super Bowls in New Orleans. Yeah, a lot. I mean, Miami. Whenever the Saints host the Super Bowl or New Orleans hosts the Super Bowl next year, will be the eleventh time the, that New Orleans is hosted. That, that's tied with Miami for the most most all time. Makes sense. All right, let's get to the game, Patrick. Forty uh, Niners. And you, you're on the show every week, and we've talked all year long about how great the 49ers are. We right. really, I think a lot of the season thought they were probably the best team in the league. Kansas City yeah. didn't look good through much of the year, but, boy, they got hot toward the end. All right, break this thing down. Uh, what are the advantages uh, or disadvantages that either team faces, and how do you see this thing playing out? Well, I mean, it's it, – this is a very basic explanation, but, you know, I'm a Brock Purdy fan. You know, I, I like what he's done in the last couple of seasons. I saw some of the throws he made last year and, you know, thought, oh, this guy's going to be a starting quarterback in this league for a while. And he's had a great season. Uh, he's not been perfect down the stretch. He's been fine. He's been good to get him to this point, obviously. Uh, but overall, the 49ers, I think, are the more talented team. There really just isn't a weak point on the squad. Uh, is for, for the Chiefs, they're not the perfect team. They're very talented, very good on defense. Uh, but whenever you compare, say, a, a Brock Purdy to Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes has been here a bunch by now. He's still a young guy, uh, but he's he's played, what, in three Super Bowls and won two. Um, I'm just not betting against Mahomes. Uh, we've seen this kind of story play out over the years. Yeah, Tom Brady lost multiple Super Bowls, you know, this, this and that. But, I mean, in this situation, Whenever you have that kind of a that that level of a quarterback who probably has the best arm of any quarterback who's ever played in the NFL, uh, that's saying a lot. I I just can't go. I mean, just there, there's just no way I can go against Patrick Mahomes in this situation. And you know, as great as he is, and you're right about that. But surprisingly, it's been the other side of the ball that has been so yeah. good for Kansas City this year. So you add that together, <laughs> you add that together. That's poison, man. I mean, that's tough. Yeah, uh, Snead, the uh, cornerback, Legereus Snead, uh, former uh, played at La Tech, is a really good cornerback. And he's a guy that's going to, you know, you put him on, on 49ers' best receiver, whether it's Debo Samuel or something like that, uh, chances are he's going to slow them down. And the front seven is really strong. It's it's really been interesting and surprising to see that this Chiefs team has really 
you know, relied on that defense so much this season. They really are a talented group. And the 49ers are obviously very good on defense. But, yeah, defensively, the Chiefs are very, very good. And that's at this point, that's why I'm kind of leaning towards the Chiefs, just the combo of Patrick Mahomes and that defense. Would you expect it to be a good competitive game? Yeah, yeah, I expect it to be a great game. I, I think this really, you know, you know, the Ravens could have been in this situation and we would have been saying much of the same thing. The AFC, you know, we said all year the AFC was a much stronger conference, but I think the 49ers stood up and showed everybody that, you know, that they're just as good mm-hmm. as any team on in on the AFC side. So I think this is a great game. This isn't one of those Super Bowls where you're coming in, well, one team got hot and got here, you know, this team's going to win. This is this could go either way. I think they're both very good teams. I expect a good game. About 90 seconds left, Patrick. Uh, you look back now that the season is actually over. Anything really surprised you when you look back at, uh, at this NFL year? Was there any team or anything that occurred during the year that really jumps out at you? Uh, I think the Eagles kind of falling apart late in the year was really surprising. Um, I, I think that staff really just didn't put that team in position to succeed, and they made changes on the staff, uh, head coach staying on. But I think the Eagles kind of fall apart. But outside of that, to me, there weren't that many surprises. I mean, the Chiefs, at a point, like you pointed out earlier, they looked rough at one point, but obviously they recovered. Uh, if the Chiefs had kind of stumbled, that would have been the big surprise. But here they are, you know, mm-hmm. playing in the Super Bowl. So, I, no, I – uh, the the Saints really, I mean, we, I talked about a bit about them being a ten win team. They won nine. You know, there really wasn't much difference, say, than what we predicted before the season. This is this is pretty similar to you know how this season played out was fairly predictable. Outside, I think of the Eagles, really just kind of collapsing. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I would throw in too that surprised me was just how good the Detroit Lions were. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there was a lot of hype kind of surrounding them this season. They just backed it up. You know, you did. You know, you kind of expect whenever people say good things about the Lions, you expect the opposite to, right, to happen. Exactly. But they're just—they're a really well put together team, and Dan Campbell and his staff have, have done a great job there. And they have basically got everybody coming back. The offensive coordinator, who everybody expected to be the head coach of the Commanders or somebody else, uh, he's back for another season. The, the Lions are going to be right there with the the 49ers going to next year as a favorite kid to the Super Bowl. Yeah, no question. Always enjoy our conversations, Patrick. You have a good Super Bowl weekend, my friend. All right, you too, Bob. Happy Mardi Gras. All right, same to you. Patrick McGee, everybody. NOLA.com. All right, softball starts today. Track and field is in action. We're going to talk about all of that as we wind up this week of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Jason Baker talking to us from up in Buffalo, New York. Patrick McGee down in the Crescent City of New Orleans. You can hear those interviews on our podcast, which should be up in just an hour or so on Apple, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn. Or you can tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour, two-hour edition of the show. A week from today, a week from today, folks, opening day of baseball. We'll be out there for two hours and... We, we started a tradition a couple of years ago. We're going to carry it on. The show will be co-hosted for the entire two hours by the one and only Hill Denson, extraordinary so, uh, baseball coach, 
Hall of Fame coach, now a musician, a colorful, colorful guy, a great friend of ours, and somebody we always look forward to having on the show. So co-hosting a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour next Friday, the one and only Hill Dunson. So you know, you know that's going to be fun. All right, softball is underway. The new season is underway. And just as I say that, it pops off of my phone. Bear with me. Here we go. Bottom of the fourth inning, Lady Eagles are playing Fordham. They're trailing 3-1, to one, but they do have a runner at second base with one out. Uh, leadoff runner walked, and then a sacrifice uh, got the runner to second base. So the Lady Eagles threatening a bit, uh, but trailing by the score of 3-1. to one. Fordham scored three runs in the second inning. The Eagles came back and scored one in the bottom of the third. Uh, Fordham does not score in the top of the fourth, and the Eagles are now, you know, again, with a runner at second base. The Eagles with uh, four hits. They've actually out-hit Fordham 4-2, to two, but trail by two runs. And uh, as the hour continues, there's not much time left, but we'll try to keep you up to date. That's a uh, tournament taking place as a set out in Jacksonville in addition to Fordham. Uh, Southern Miss will be playing. Let's see here. North Florida. North Florida, a pretty good team. Finished 29-23 and 23 last year. I'm fumbling through my papers here. So North Florida is in the tournament. James Madison is in the tournament. Jacksonville, Southern Miss, and Fordham. And, again, that tournament is now officially underway, as is the Lady Eagle softball season. And let's see if anything has changed. No, still, no, now two outs with a runner at second base. So two outs with a runner at second, bottom of the fourth. Eagles trailing Fordham by a score of 3-1. to one. The Southern Miss indoor track and field team traveled uh, to Nashville this weekend, and uh, they're there for the second time this winter as they participate in their final tune-up meet Friday and Saturday at Vanderbilt's Music City Challenge. The Golden Eagles start uh, tonight uh, with field events. Well, actually, I'm sorry. They started today at 1030 with field events. Track Track events start today at 430. The squad has combined for 10 first-place showings through their first three meets this season. They're very, very good. The last time in Nashville, Southern Miss garnered uh, four first-place finishes, including in the 60-meter race, uh, the high jump, the weight throw competition, and uh, they they continue to compete very, very well. Following their stop in Nashville, the Golden Eagles uh, next travel to Birmingham, Alabama for the Sunbelt Conference meet, and that is set for February 19th and 20th. Okay, basketball this weekend, the men... Uh, at 1 o'clock tomorrow afternoon at Reed Green, we'll be taking on Western Michigan of the MAC Conference. Now, remember, remember, the Mardi Gras Parade is tomorrow. It kicks off at 4 by the time the basketball game is over. Probably your best bet is going to be just to walk from the basketball arena across the campus over to Hardy Street. There you can take in the parade, although they do have some uh, – there'll be a lot of traffic, but they do have it set up where you'll be able to get in the basketball game and out of the basketball game if you choose not to uh, participate in the Mardi Gras parade. But we think you should. It'll be fun. It's uh, right across uh, right across the campus. It's going to be coming right down Hardy Street, so you certainly have plenty of time after the men's game against Western Michigan uh, to walk across the campus and enjoy the Mardi Gras parade. And the ladies, as we uh, mentioned earlier in the program, are up in Buffalo, New York. They'll be taking on Buffalo, which is one of the better MAC women's teams, and uh, that game will be tomorrow, and then the ladies will charter home tomorrow night after the game. Glad to see them on a, a charter airplane and uh, 
avoiding all the hassle of going through airports. And uh, those young women certainly deserve that. The ladies are 13-9 and nine on the season and 6-6 six and six in the league. Four straight wins. They've beaten South Alabama, Louisiana, Troy, and Georgia Southern over the past two weeks. Uh, they'll come home against Arkansas State the next week and then Texas State over the weekend before they finish the year with four straight road games at Louisiana, Monroe, Arkansas State, Texas State, and Louisiana. So a lot of basketball left to play for both the men and the women, and uh, we wish them luck. Also update, it's our understanding that the head basketball coach, Jay Ladner, is back home and has begun the process of recovering from that scare he had earlier this week. And, uh, Coach, just want to send out a message to you, man. All of us here on the Eagle Hour really love you and admire you and and, uh, look forward to your total and complete recovery Uh, Just take it easy and take care of yourself, please. All right, that wraps up the Eagle Hour for this week. Remember, two hours uh, next Friday, a week from today, we kick off baseball season. Man, that is just exciting to think about that. want to thank you for listening to the show every day on our stations, on our podcast, wherever you tune us in. Please understand that we do appreciate it very, very much. Hope you have a happy and safe Super Bowl weekend. Until next time, Southern Miss to the top. Talk Mississippi Media Production.